Who is the Cowboys MVP halfway through the season? All that and more in this episode of the Locked On Cowboys podcast. You are Locked On Cowboys, your daily Dallas Cowboys podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We'd like to thank you for making us your first listen of the day. We are free and available on all platforms. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. I am Marcus Mosher. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosher. He is Landon McCool. Check him out on Twitter at McCoolBCB. Landon, how are you doing today, sir? Doing good. Excited to give away some awards. We're all dressed in tuxedos. Uh, everyone showed up. Tux on, but <laughs> yeah. no, we, we all we all walked the red carpet this morning. Uh, uh, so we're we're excited to hand out some some awards. Yeah, we've got seven awards. Six of them are for good things. We had to do one <laughs> negative one because it's me, of course. So uh, let's just jump right into it, Landon. Our first award, the Offensive MVP Award, goes to. This one was tough, you know. I mean, I don't know that there's been a clear uh, winner here, um, and so I, I decided to kind of go a little bit out of the box. I, I gave uh, we got we got to co uh, offensive MVPs this already year. cheating, uh, already <laughs> cheating up front, uh, and I'm and I'm cheating in order to give it to Zach Martin and Terrence Steele. I just think that you know when you look back at the totality of what's happened on offense, uh, it's been up and very down at points. I, Cooper Rush definitely got some consideration here. Um, I think CeeDee Lamb and Tony Pollard are obviously uh, guys that, that are in consideration there as well. I just think that if you're talking about who has been the most consistently reliable for this offense throughout the season, that right side of the offensive line has just played fantastically, whether it's in the run game, whether it's in the pass game. Obviously, Zach Martin is the gold standard for right guards and has continued to play that way this year. And Terrence Steele is playing at a level that I think, you know, would have definitely or definitely in my mind put him in consideration for the most improved uh, category again this year. Um, and, and potentially winning it two years in a row would be amazing, but uh, I do think that they've played at such a high level and it's really kind of provide stability for this offense when they really needed it. Yeah, I, I can't argue too much against either of those guys. If I had to pick one, I think I'd actually pick Terrence Steele. I think he's he's maybe been a little bit better. Uh, I don't know why I say he's better than Zach Martin, but I think he's overperformed uh, expectations more yeah, than yeah. Zach Martin. Sure. Um, so I'm certainly fine with that. I actually picked CeeDee Lamb for this award. That's fair. Yeah. Um, I know there's been some drops, especially in that Giants game, and he hasn't quite had that big breakout game yet, but he's been really reliable. Like every single game outside of week one, he's had over at least 50 yards. He's had four catches in every single game. He has made a bunch of big plays, including an awesome touchdown against the Giants, a touchdown against the Bears. He's made a couple really big third down grabs with all the turmoil at quarterback with Michael Gallup missing time with the injury with Noah Brown missing time with Dalton Schultz being banged up. He's been the one consistent in the passing game. And I think he's been really good this season. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he was certainly someone I considered here and I think he's deserving of the award. Uh, And I'm I'm excited to see what the second half is going to hold for him, especially now that Dak is back. All right, let's do defensive MVP. Um, 
I mean, I feel like this one's pretty obvious. Uh, who do you have? Uh, I got Dorrance Armstrong. No, I'm just kidding. I've got Michael oh, I was Parsons. Say, you're, you're not going with, like one of those La La Land uh, Moonlight upsets no. here. Okay. No, 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 no. <laughs> I, I think uh, I think that you know it's it's pretty clear that if you've got a guy who's pretty clear, the, uh, pretty clearly ahead as the defensive MVP of the league, that he's probably going to be the defensive MVP for your team. Uh, I, I don't know of any more hyperbole to kind of insert here to s- discuss Micah Parsons. This all feels very procedural at this point because he's just so incredible. Um, yeah, he's just been a, a t- a, an absolute demon, and and it's been uh, so much fun to watch a guy you know kind of transform into a generational defensive yep. player. I mean, he's the answer, but don't forget about Demarcus Lawrence, who has been absolutely oh, yeah. awesome this year. Not only rushing the passer. He's made a bunch of big plays. He's been great against the run. I don't think he played particularly well against the Bears. I think that's his only bad game. But, man, he's been he's been awesome this year. So I just didn't want to leave him out. But the answer is Parsons. Like, he's the, mo- he's the scariest defender, I think, in the league right now for offensive coordinators, right, because of all the different things he can do, all the big splash plays that he's made. How could he not be our winner here? Yeah, I, I mean, it was a kind of a no-brainer. I, I, I'm glad that we mentioned Demarcus Lawrence, and I think that Trayvon Diggs is another guy who's had an incredible year so far, uh, with a ton of pass deflections, and you know, maybe not quite on the interception pace he had last year, but still playing fantastically. But the, the clear answer here is Michael Parsons, and that's you know, no insult to any of those other guys, yeah. to be honest. Um, all right, we we pretty much agreed for the first two. I, I promise we're going to have some disagreements here coming up. Uh, but before we get to the rest of our awards, we want to tell you about Simply Safe. Did you know that over the holidays, property crimes like burglaries and package thefts spike nationally? Did you know that I can barely say the word burglaries? That's a crime. Yeah, that is why our friends at Simply Safe Home Security are offering fifty percent off their award-winning security system, so that more families can feel safe and secure this holiday season. Order your Simply Safe system for half off today and enjoy advanced security and greater peace of mind this holiday season. Simply Safe is home security with advanced sensors for every room, window, and door. They have HD security cameras for inside and out, smarter ways to detect motions that only alert you when a threat is real, and even hazard sensors that uh, detect fires, floods, and other threats to your home. It only costs a dollar a day, actually even a little bit less than a dollar a day. That is less than half the price of ADT's traditional, professionally installed system. Don't miss your chance to save big on the only security system that we recommend. Get 50% off any new Simply Safe system at simplysafe.com slash locked on today. This is their biggest discount of the year, so don't wait. That is simplysafe.com slash locked on. There is no safe like simply safe. All right, Landon, let's uh let's get some more awards away. Uh, next one, special teams MVP. Yeah, this one was this one was actually, you know, uh, I think between a couple guys. I feel like Kelvin Joseph's had an incredible year yeah. as a gunner. I, I think it's worth mentioning here. Uh, I think that uh, Turpin has really invigorated the the return game. He hasn't quite gotten the opportunities that we want to see yet. Um, and I think that just because of the nature of how surprising this performance is, I gave it to Brett Maher. I, I mean, on. I think that he's just been playing, kicking really well. Uh, you just haven't had to worry about him. 
uh, for the for the most part, when we've been you know noticing him is not necessarily on field goals, though he's been he's been good there. But he's also just been kicking every single field uh, kickoff through the back of the end yep. zone. So uh, and that's just a valuable trait to have. So uh, I, I thought Brett Maher was made some sense. Uh, but I certainly am open to hearing some other names there. Yeah, Brett Maher, he's 11 of 11 on kicks under 50 yards, uh, four of six on ones over 50 yards, and I think both of his misses were like 58 yards, like something ridiculous. Uh, he's only missed one extra point. Like he's basically making all the kicks that you expect him to make. He's been awesome. Yeah, I think Dorrance Armstrong needs some love. He is PFF's highest-graded yeah. special teams player uh, through Week 9. But the answer for me, Landon, is Kevontae Turpin. He leads the NFL in part, uh, return yards average right now at 14.7. He's flipped the field several different times for the Cowboys. He's given them big sparks and some big games. It, it's just been a long time since the Cowboys have had a, a returner this dynamic and this explosive that I have to give him the award. He's going to score at least a touchdown or two this year. I'm telling you. Yeah, I mean, it's we've all been holding our breath, right? Just waiting for it to happen. It doesn't. It, it didn't feel like it's a matter of if. It's it's when. Um, you know, yeah. You, you mentioned some big returns he had. Obviously, that caused causing a big spark in a couple of games where you really needed it. So, uh, I, I think it makes a ton of sense to put Turpin's name in here. Uh, it's great. It's just great to and odd to be honest, like to have a couple of different options here of of names because you do have some good special teams players. Uh, across the board as gunners and 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 just specialists in general, uh, so it's 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 positive to to have yes. good play here. That's for sure. All right, most improved. I put Noah Brown. I just think that if you look at the trajectory of where he was, you know, uh, going into last year, and uh, you know, I think that we had started to see a little bit of it last year, and then Cedric Wilson kind of really took off and and took his spot and and really uh, flew with it. Uh, and it kind of just made Noah a little bit of an afterthought. Still, he changed his body a little bit more in the off season, kind of slimmed up a little bit. Uh, you know, took the took more care into the kind of uh, wide receiver portion of his job, uh, and I think it's paid dividends. You've seen a, a guy out there who was as huge a part of that five five zero run with Cooper Rush as as anybody, or uh, yeah, the, the all the wins that Cooper Rush. Mm-hmm. Got as anybody just because of his uh, familiarity with Cooper, um, so I just think that you know you you look at how he's improved on a, just just purely the offensive side of the ball and what that's meant for this team and, and their ability to kind of get through that early part of the season. Uh, it, it was really truly impressive to see him kind of take that wide receiver three job uh, after you know just kind of years of of seeding it to other folks. Uh, and really run with it and 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 enjoy some success. I mean, he he played really well early in the season. He's a little bit banged up now, but I look forward to him coming back and 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 kind of continuing that. Yeah, I, I've got the same right. Like we were so worried about this wide receiver position early in the year, and because Noah Brown gave you what do you want to call it? Average wide receiver play. Sure. It it didn't make a, it didn't cause them to lose games. Right. They were able to survive without Michael Gallup, without Dak, because Noah Brown was just. Really good. At any time he got on the field, I actually think the Cowboys did miss him a little bit last week. I know they scored 42 points, but there are points to his game or things to his game that this offense needs. Uh, I think they're going to be very happy to have him back on Sunday uh, against the Packers. Uh, All right, next one. Rookie of the year. 
I put Tyler Smith. I mean, I, I think that, you know, just simply uh, based on assignment, I mean, you know, to, to come in here as a rookie, uh, get focused on, you know, becoming a left guard, have all your focus through all the off season and training camp to be working on that. And then to be asked a week before the regular season and you face these uh, uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers and one of the best pass rushes in football uh, to, to kind of switch back outside to left tackle uh, that was a big ask for a young player, and and it takes a special kind of guy, a special kind of uh, talent, a special kind of uh, uh, mental fortitude uh, to kind of be able to make that sort of switch at last minute and and play. You know, look, he hasn't been a, a world beater as, as as it stands, but he's played very well in the run game. He's improving in the pass game, and this is like I said, all based on a guy that had been prepping to play guard as a rookie prepping to play guard and then on one week of practice was able to step out and play left tackle at full speed NFL. I think that's rather impressive. So uh, I I give it to Tyler Smith simply based on uh, how difficult his assignment was and how well he's been able to execute. Again, really hard to argue against that one. Um, I I think he's been significantly better than what we thought going into the year, especially at left tackle. Hasn't been great. There's been games where he struggled. There's been games where he's given up sacks, but it's not, I mean, it's so far away from being a Cam Fleming or Chaz Green or Byron Bell situation that we're going into these games not having to worry that he's going to destroy the whole offense. And for that reason alone, he gets mentioned, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's it's just, it's a very impressive uh, showing. Yeah. All right, for me. It's Sam Williams. Did you know, Leonan? I know you're a little skeptical of PFF grades. I get it. I get it. But since week four, he is PFF's highest graded edge rusher in the NFL. Wow. That's, I mean, uh... his, his pass rush win rate since week four is almost 20%. Uh, he has a couple incredible sacks. He's finally, Dan Quinn's finally learning kind of how to use him. You're seeing him become more comfortable. He's making plays in the run game. Honestly, I did not expect much from him as a rookie. I thought he would be buried on the depth chart behind Dorrance Armstrong and Fowler and obviously Parsons and Demarcus Lawrence. And now I feel like I kind of want him on the field as much as possible because he's just an insane athlete who makes a bunch of plays. I, I just have been really impressed by Sam Williams. It's just a game record, man. Just like He's so athletic. He's so explosive and strong. Um, you know, he's just hard to block. He's hard to keep, stay blocked. He's a hustle player. He's got speed. Um, you know, it's just, it's just another guy that if he's on the field at the same time as Micah Parsons, it's just like, it's almost too much to keep up with because there's just chaos everywhere. So, uh, yeah, I think the Cowboys actually missed him a little bit last week. Um, and, and, and I I think that, I think that they're going to really be excited to have him back because I think as the season goes on, he's only going to get better with more experience. Uh, and you know his he hasn't played a ton of snaps, so he'll should be pretty fresh by the by the back half of the year as well. Uh, here is his pass rush win rates over the last three games that he's played. You ready? Twenty five percent, twenty percent, twenty five percent. Like wow. it's like Michael Parsons territory. I mean, it's insane. Uh, I think he's been absolutely awesome. Uh, good rookie class for the Cowboys, except for yeah. one player that we might talk about here in just a second. Uh, but before we do that. I want to tell you about Blue Nile. Whether you're ready to pop the question or you're celebrating a milestone moment, find jewelry as unique as her with the modern convenience of online shopping at BlueNile.com. Blue Nile has simple online tools that you let you choose the diamond shape, size, and clarity, as well as setting style. 
Blue Nile will then handcraft a perfect engagement ring, and each ring is one of a kind. Make your moment sparkle with BlueNile.com and Locked On Cowboys listeners will get $50 off purchases of $500 or more. This podcast exclusive includes engagement. Use promo code LOCKDOWN. That is promo code LOCKDOWN. Plus, every order is insured, ships free, and it arrives in discreet packaging that won't give away what's inside. Shop stress-free and find your forever peace. Go to BlueNile.com today. All right, two more awards to hand out, Landon. Biggest surprise? I think for me it was Cooper Rush. You know, I mean, I think we saw Cooper Rush go into Minnesota last year and win a game, and I think we were all thrilled with how the Cowboys' overall team performed in that game and that Cooper Rush was able to kind of just not get in his own way to win that game. Um, the fact that he was able to sustain that level of play and even maybe improve on it um, uh, a little bit uh, during his stretch uh, as the starting quarterback, I thought was just incredibly impressive. I mean, there's just no way that we sh- could have expected that he would play such uh, careful football, turnover-free football, uh, and, and luck played into it. There's no doubt. I mean, he definitely had some turnover-worthy plays that didn't end up going that way. But uh, I just think that you know. It's such a luxury to be able to uh, uh, have a defense, have a team built around you that can sustain and win with a backup quarterback. I think we all know that, but it still requires a backup quarterback to navigate five or six games worth of play uh, and, and you know minimize the mistakes to even put you in an opportunity. To, uh, to to win these games, H- having winning football games when when you have a quarterback deficit is is really difficult. Yeah. And and, and yeah. really the best thing a quarterback can do is just not make themselves the worst part of your team. And I think he did a good job of of navigating the team, getting into the right spot where they needed to, uh, and then just not making the the killer mistake that that really killed the team and allowing his team's talent around him kind of to lift them and and, and to victory, which was, that's a huge play. And that's exactly what you want from your backup quarterback. Yeah. And I think you feel really good about him, you know, the rest of the season. Like if you need him for a game or two that, Hey, you can run the offense. It doesn't have to deviate all that much. Now the game plan is going to change a little bit, but you feel pretty good that if you have to play Washington or whoever, that you're going to be able to go win that game with Cooper rush. That's, Certainly a nice luxury for have uh, to have. For me, it's Brett Maher. We've kind of already talked about it a little bit, but just remember, like opening training camp, Brett Maher was not on the Cowboys roster, right? He was not a part of their kicking battle. The kicking battle went so poorly in training camp that the Cowboys actually released both players, signed Brett Maher despite not having a good workout. Remember, I think the Cowboys brought in some other kickers that had better workouts, but the Cowboys liked his leg better. And to get a kicker that's 100% on field goals under 50%, I mean, to me, that's the most shocking thing that happened this season. Like, to, to actually have a good kicker, knock on wood, that it continues. I, I mean, how can you not be surprised? Yeah, and I, mean, I think this hopefully will inform all of our uh, thoughts on kicker moving forward is that, you know, it, it's it's <laughs> – it's all just a crapshoot, you know. It's just like, well, you can find this guy on the street and he's the best kicker. You can have a guy in your system and he's the worst kicker. It's like these guys kind of are good and then they're they're good and good. They're good until they're not good and then they're yep. not good for a while and then they become good again. It's it's maddening, but that's the truth of the matter with kickers. It feels yep. like. All right, last one. I think we're actually gonna have a disagreement here, which is gonna be a little fun. Oh wow, okay. 
Biggest disappointment? I think for me, it's Jalen Tolbert. You know, I just saw a lot of, of – uh, and, and I don't know if it's that he's playing absolutely terribly, though he's not playing obviously well enough to kind of get onto the roster consistently, especially early. Uh, it just seems like that we saw a lot of positive things from him during training camp. I saw a lot of the things that kind of gave me hope for him uh, early on in the, in the, in the preseason. Uh, and then once, you know, we kind of started getting into the regular season, I understood a little bit why he wasn't dressing and why he wasn't being made active because of the, the wide receiver issues, because of, of special teams considerations. They needed to have their b- bottom of the roster wide receivers to go out there and play special teams. Tolbert, did, That's not really Tolbert's game just because he's kind of new to football. So that's clearly why you saw a lot more Noah Brown than Jalen Tolbert. However, since then, we've had some injuries. The, some things have shuffled around. Tolbert's actually been made active in a couple of these games and he just hasn't done anything. No. Um, and so it's just, it's, I don't know that I, you know, I'm not certainly haven't given up on the player or anything like that. I just, I think I'm just disappointed that that situation didn't get more developed th- than it has at this point in the season. Here's why I'm not disappointed about Jalen Tolbert. Third round rookie receivers don't really have an impact. And I I think, and I said this at the time, I think it was foolish for the Cowboys to believe that a third-round pick could come in and contribute right away. Look, look at the rest of the third-round receivers this year. Danny Gray, third-round pick, zero yards uh, so far this season. David Bell, 100 yards. Bellis Jones for the Bears, who need receivers. He has 24 yards on the season. He was a healthy scratch last week. Sky Moore, who the Packers, or who the Chiefs traded up for, yeah. 100 yards. He has actually only 20 yards in the last five games. Tyquan Thornton, 81 yards. Um, you look at Christian Watson, 88 yards. Wandale Robinson, 100 yards. Like, day two receivers just don't really produce. So it's not why I'm not all that surprised that Jalen Tolbert's not producing right now. So I'm not overly concerned long-term, but I, I'm also just not disappointed because the expectations, for me at least, were pretty low going into the year. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that, you know, there were thoughts that, that he – uh, you know, I, you know, I, I still think that he has the ability to kind of come in here and do some stuff. I just think oppor- he hasn't seized the opportunity, and right. I think his right. head's probably swimming there, which yep. is fine. And I think it could have been a, 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 a more of a disaster if Noah Brown hadn't yes. been ready to go at large. And I think that's or they would have gotten injured to like CD or something like that's when it would have been a big deal. But they yeah. kind of survived this first half of the season with their wide receivers. Yeah, and I and you know that's they they were able to get through it thanks to again. A very improved Noah yep. Brown. Uh, last one for me. Um, biggest d- disappointment, Brian Anger. I, I mean, he was awesome yeah. last year. Yeah. Right? And like he was an all-pro level punter. And I just feel like this year he's had too many punts that just, whether he shanked them or he's outkicked his coverage a little bit or he's not pinned him inside the 20. Like there's been a couple times the Cowboys have had to punt like near midfield. And that's the time like you really need to pin him inside the ten yard line, and he hits it out of the back of the end zone. I just for somebody that the Cowboys gave a pretty decent decent contract extension to, been pretty his his play has certainly been less than stellar. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he definitely was not in consideration for my best, uh, special teams MVP. I think that you know, like you said, this is all based on expectations of what he showed us last year. He had a fantastic year last year, absolutely ridiculous year last year, and for him to kind of come in and and you know he doesn't hasn't had a ton of opportunities to punt the ball, but you know on those opportunities you've got it, 
you know, we really need to down those inside the 20. We need – when we punt the ball, you know, instead of going for it on fourth. You need to have you know, a heck of a punt, right? Yeah, you need to have a heck of a punt. And, and we've just had way too many that have uh, – that, you know, were far, but they didn't hang in the air long enough to get the coverage mm-hmm. underneath them, you know, that, that bounce on the one and then just roll right in. It, it just felt like there – a lot of the bounces that were going – uh, anger's way previously aren't going his way this way yes. year. Um, and it's, it's, it's added up to not a great punting performance so far. It hasn't killed the Cowboys necessarily yet, but it's definitely put them in situations where they thought they were going to be putting the, uh, the other team into a bad spot. Uh, and unfortunately, you know, the way the punt ends up actually going, they, you know, they had normal kind of amount of space to go. So uh, yeah, I, I, a guy that we thought was going to be a weapon, as a punter, uh, turns out to be kind of maybe just average, honestly, which is yeah. that's disappointing. Now he is a veteran; he's thirty four, thirty five years old. Like I, I've got a feeling he'll figure things out. He he really didn't have very many bad punts last year, so I'm hoping in the second half of the year he's better. But yeah, there's just been too many punts that have been line drives that haven't had the hang time to force fair catches. N- not enough punts um, to, that can be downed inside the ten. We'll see. That changes here in the next few weeks, but uh, he's been the biggest disappointment for me. All right, that is it for today's show. Thank you for making Lockdown Cowboys your first listen. For your next listen, check out the Lockdown Sports Today podcast, the biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day, available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Tomorrow, we've got a crossover show with Lockdown Packers. Uh, and I'll, I'll tell you, we've already recorded that. That's a lot of fun. You're going to want to make sure you listen into that. Uh, Peter and I had a fun talk about where the Cowboys and Packers are going in different directions uh, this season. Uh, make sure you're on the lookout for that. Go follow Landon on Twitter at McCoolBCB. He might even get the little official Twitter verification today. Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? Uh, I'm at Marcus underscore Mosher. We'll see you guys next time.